reason behind this series is to refresh our heart and our understanding of why um, we do what we do. Why do we gather? Who, uh, you know, what is the church? Is this just something that we do out of routine sake? Because I think it's awesome sometimes to see how things really work. Because when you can get behind the outside of a thing and you can look at actually on the inside of how something works, you begin to understand the true purpose. And you, because of that understanding, and last week I shared a story of my great handyman skills and fixing the retic and how I was just doing something because it has always been the way it had been done. But when I called my dad, who's here today, uh, give us a wave, dad. Uh, he, he, he said, well, Sheldon, what you really need is an uh, end cap. Uh, that's what it was designed for. That is the thing that you need because that's what its purpose was. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. And I could fully appreciate and understand it. And he actually helped me again this week fix um, some taps. We had a leaky shower. It was filling a bucket once every hour. It was a bad leak. Um, and I had to try and turn it and turn it. But something... On the inside, it had gone wrong, so what we had to do is take off the taps and have a look on the inside, and what we could see in there was, was something was broken, and, and we fixed it, but we got to the, the heart of the issue, we got to the core of the issue, and when we did that, we had more understanding. We, we were able to, to know what to do, and my, my prayer for this series is that we would be able to take the covers off we would be able to take the tap off as, as we did at my house this week. And we could look into the heart of what's going on and go, God, what is your design here? What is your purpose here? And I think when we get more clarity and we refresh, it's not maybe you're not going to learn anything that you've never heard before, but maybe you'll be refreshed and there will be just like, oh, I can see clearly now about this situation, which is going to not only... Knowledge is good for knowledge, if, and if it's just knowledge, then you might be able to win who wants to be a millionaire, but I, I'm praying that this refreshed knowledge and, and understanding of what church is will lead to an increased love and passion and desire to be a part of what God has created called the church. So that, that insight is going to lead to something in this church, and, and we're going to grow. And, and we, we covered last week out of Matthew 16, where we're Jesus asked Peter, he says, who do people say that I am? And there was a variety of responses. But the main question that Jesus asked him is, that, who do you say that I am? And, and, and Peter made a declaration saying that you are the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And, and Jesus says, you've correctly answered, but God has revealed this to you. But let me tell you who you are. Now that you know who I am, let me tell you who you are. And what we really covered is, is that our identity flows from knowing who Jesus is. When you know Jesus, when you answer that question in your life, who do you say that I am? Then Jesus says, now let me tell you who you are. That's what we covered last week. And, we, and, and last week we also talk about, then Jesus says, not only are you Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, Jesus says to him. He says, I will build my church. And so then we, we, we address the issue that the church isn't just something that we attend, but the church is something that we become. The church isn't a building. The church isn't an organization. The word Jesus used there, the, the church is you and I. The church is the community of God's people gathered together. And God calls you his people. And that's what I'm just recapping last week, but I just want to get you on, on page so we can move forward for this week. So God invites you to be a part of his community, a part of his people. And he says, I will build my church. 
What does that say is that Jesus is the master architect and he is a grand plan and a grand design for his church. And you're a part of it. Hey. And today we're going to further we're going to further broaden our understanding, broaden our appreciation of what the church is. And we're going to go to 1 Peter. Now this is the guy, this the guy that Jesus says uh, and you are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church. We're going to go to his letter and see what he has to say about the church. Sound good? It's a logical, I think we should just do it. So come with me to 1 Peter. Wunderbar. Wonderful. And I had a few weeks off recently, and I heard the last time I was off, Pastor Calvin preached on God works with the bones, something around that. And today, I'm going to talk about God works with the stones. i got to just keep up. i got to keep up with it. God works with the stones. So the church part two, God works with the stones. And let's just read the text and, and hear God talk to us. So 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 4. And it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Amen. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Can I get a shout of praise for the Word of God right now? What a powerful Scripture. God works with the stones. God works with the stones. And to get a a picture of the church, God through His Word uses a variety of analogies and metaphors to help us understand what God is doing. And I think it's a little bit of God's sense of humor that the guy He called Rock, the guy that He called Peter, changed his name, changed his identity and made him a rock, made him a foundational element of the church. I think it's God's sense of humor that Peter begins to pick up that whole theme of stones. And that God is doing something in the stones. And, I, and it's so fantastic. And the picture we get of the church. Now remember the church isn't Pastor Sheldon. It's not Pastor Rod. The church is us. Church is us. So the picture that God wants to paint for us of the church is of a spiritual house. A spiritual house. Now, what the readers write in that time, they would have immediately had their minds drawn to a temple. Because in that time of worship, the temple was the central place where worship was done. They would go to the temple and the temple represented the place where you would worship God, where you would offer sacrifices, where you would connect with the presence of God. 
And so this is the picture that is now when Paul says, you like living stones are becoming a spiritual house. The picture of a new temple is in their minds. And it, they, they know what the old temple looks like. They've been there. They've seen it. So it's sometimes hard for us thousands and thousands of years later to appreciate what God is saying. But, but God through Peter is saying, hey, there is a new way to worship. And there is a new way to connect. And there is a new center of my presence. And it's now this new temple. And he's referring to you. And also the picture that will come when, when people hear that is a picture of a, of a house, a home. God is building a spiritual house. So when I hear the word house or home, my, my mind and, and, and the readers of, of, in that day would have had this picture of family as well. That God was creating family. With his church, he wasn't just creating an organization. He wasn't just creating a religious gathering, but he was creating a community of family. He was creating sons and daughters, gathering them together around the family home. You become that spiritual house. How fantastic is that? God works with the stones. I like God. God works with the stones. So this, and we're going to go through this just to see how God does it. And, and for me, this is like the behind the scenes. Like I got to see how my dad worked with the taps and I was meant to be taking notes. And I was mentally, but I got to see his thinking. Oh, we need a bit of WD-40. I mean, get me a, a pliers. And get, and, but I got to see the, the operation of the behind the scenes where as I would just go, there's a leak. What do I do? I don't know. Behind the scenes, I could see the motivation, the reasons. And, and here we get to see, last week we read that scripture. Jesus says, I will build my church. Now we get to see the behind the scenes of how he's going to do it. It's just like a documentary of Jesus building his church. See how he does it. Living stones. God works with the stones. And this is what this is. It's so fantastic. So I want to draw your attention to this right here. It says, as you come to him, the living stone. That's referring to Jesus. It says, as you come to him, the living stone. And later in that passage, it refers to the living stone, Jesus, as the cornerstone. Now today, in our day and age, that analogy is a bit hard to, to come to grips with because, you know, we're not all so into building stuff, or some of us are, but back in the day, they would build um, these structures and everybody would know what the cornerstone was. The cornerstone was the most important piece of the structure. Like if you didn't have a cornerstone, why are you even trying to build something? It's like trying to uh, uh, assemble a, a puzzle without having the picture of what the puzzle needs to look like. I mean, you could probably do it. It would be terrible. It would take you a lot longer. And that analogy is terrible as well. But the cornerstone, the cornerstone, without a cornerstone, you could not build a structure because when you had a cornerstone, it would actually determine the rest of the building. It would determine the height of the building. It would determine the length and the breadth. Everything of the building was determined by the cornerstone. So what's Peter saying here? He says, everything about the church, everything about your life is needed and, and, and comes from a foundation on Jesus Christ. When you base your life, when you have that encounter and you could answer that question over and over and over again, who do you say Jesus is? Is he just some religious figure or is he your personal Lord and Savior? Is he the son of the living God to you, to you, not to other people, but to you? 
When you have that question figured out, everything else in your life begins to take shape. And when you understand that your foundation and the cornerstone is Jesus, you begin to see clearly a better picture of what your life is meant to look like. Your identity, your purpose, your skill set, who you're meant to marry, all these questions. If, if Jesus isn't the center and the cornerstone of your life, trying to build the house is going to be really hard. But the great thing is it says, as you come to him, the living stone, we can come to him. Good news, church. We can come to Jesus. He's, he's made himself. Oh, man. Oh, so, so I get a picture of like uh, God and Jesus in heaven and they're, they're planning. All right, how are we going to do this? How are we going to build the church? And God is looking in his heavenly storehouses and he goes, I need a cornerstone, Graham. I need, there's the three wood over there and the five wood. But, you know, I, I need a cornerstone. I hit a birdie last week in golf. It was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Calvin can testify. Uh, and so God's looking in his storehouse and he's going, I need, I need a cornerstone piece. I need a foundational thing that, that, can, that can build the church because people are depending on it. And he's looking down the line, not just like tomorrow or next week, but he's looking thousands of years down the line. And, and he comes across you and he comes across your family and he comes across where you are and your job and your situation. And he goes, I need to build something that will last because it, their, their lives depend on it. Your life, and God was had the foresight to see your world, and He got. I, I can't just throw out any cornerstone. I can't just give my least. I have to give my best, because if the cornerstone isn't right, nothing else will be right. So He says, "Okay, Jesus, you're up." And Jesus, like, all right, because God knew that was His best. Goes over to Jesus. They have a conversation, and He sends His Son. He sends his son and he comes 2,000 and so years ago in obscurity, in the shadows, in no place to lay his head. But God sent Jesus to be the foundation of your life and to be the foundation of the church. And aren't we thankful that God sent him? Because we can come to him, the living stone, and base our lives on it. Church, we, we're connecting. I can feel it today. I mean, I was excited to preach last night. But he is the living stone. He is the foundation. He will never fail you. He will never let you go. If you can just connect your world to him, everything else will flow. Come on. Everything else will flow. Everything out of Jesus. So he is the foundation. He is the one that we need. Jesus, you are our cornerstone. And so we've got the cornerstone. Back into the workshop of God, and he's pacing around and goes, oh, okay, what I need to do now is gather some more stones. So he begins a gathering phase. And he begins to look and he begins to search. And oh, you know what I'll do? I don't need wood, I don't need stone, I don't need marble. That's how the old temple was built. What I need is people. What I need is living stones. So he goes on a search and he begins to look and he begins to find and he settles on a, a person called Jess and he sees her world and he goes, that's a perfect one. That's a great stone right there. I'm going to grab her. I'm going to call her. I'm going I'm I'm to bring her out and I'm going I'm to you know, choose her and she's going to be a big part of what I'm doing in my church. And he does the same thing for every single person. He calls and he searches and he searches, searches. And God's been searching for your world, and he's not, and he's not bad. He can, he'll find you. And he calls you out in loving kindness. 
and he calls you to be his stone, his living stone. What does that mean? God takes something that would otherwise have no value, that would otherwise have no ability to give life, and he imprints his life on us. He takes us from just being a hard, broken thing, and he says, this is mine. Maureen is going to build my church. And so what, he do, what does he do with the stones? He makes them living stones. When God picks and he looks, his looking is so much different to how we would look. We would go, oh, I need, we need to build this thing. I need to find the best. I need to find the most rare. I need to find this. But God says, I see every single one of you as completely valuable and indispensable to my work of building a new temple. And so he, when he looks at you, he doesn't see the mess. He doesn't see that there's a bit of dust on your life. He doesn't see that you're caught in a bit of weeds or, or that life has brought you out or that things have happened to you and he doesn't just throw you to the side. He says, oh, perfect, bring that one here. Because sometimes we can discount ourselves by how we feel or how we look or what's happened to us. But God says, no, 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 perfect, bring it here. And so he gathers the stones. What is that? That's God's pursuit of you for your, for your life and for your heart. God seeks us out. He searches us. And God draws you into himself. What is he doing? He's gathering living stones. You're perfect. You're just the thing that God needed to be a part of his family. So I think it's, it's so, so what, he, what he gathers... When he gathers you together, it's a beautiful picture of how God calls us to salvation. Verse 9 in that same passage we're reading, he says, you are a chosen people. You're not just in this because you thought it would be a good idea, but God has literally been seeking you out from before you were born. He said, before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you, he said to Jeremiah. And that applies to you and I. Abby. Before God, uh, before you were even in your mother's womb, God knew you and had a plan for you. And it was like, you are the perfect one. And you're like just this unique stone. And I just get a sense that God is wanting to, to bring this whole sense of I know who I am because, because of who God is in my life. Can I pray with you quickly, Abby? Yeah, I'm just going to do it. Why don't you stand? And why don't we, can you stand, Abby? We just want to pray for you right now. I'm embarrassing you, but I'm just going to pray that God... Forgives me for it. If you sit, that's fine. It's fine. God, we pray for Abby right now. Lord, I thank you that she is a perfect stone that you have chosen. She is the perfect one, Lord, that you have sought her out. And I am just praying, Lord, right now that you would begin to just show her who she is in you. That, Lord, that you've created her with specific gifts and specific, God, um, talents and specific strengths. Lord, I thank you that she is going to be an indispensable piece of your kingdom. So I pray for peace and joy and love and that a real, genuine relationship with you, God, would unfold. I speak that over her life in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that everything else that has tried to distract her and that has tried to, to get her off track in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that that will not come to plan. But Lord, your purposes for her will come to pass in Jesus' name. Everybody said, so God is seeking you out. 
God is seeking you out. And that's a part of God seeking Abby out. And, and he's found her. Don't worry, he knows your address. He's got you. But he does that for each and every one of us. And he seeks us out. And so he gathers us. But so now, now in, back into the, the shed of God, you know, behind the scenes, he's got all, these, got all these stones. And God works with the stones. So what does he do with them? He begins to transform the stones. So he's got all these people. He's got you and me, and he's got them in his workshop. And God doesn't leave us as we are, but he begins to transform us. Because sometimes we think, well, what can God do with me? I've got this, and I've got that. How am I going to be of any benefit to anybody? Well, God says, well, don't worry. I see your potential. I see your purpose. I see how you were designed but what we've got to do is do a bit of transformational work. We have to do a little bit of, of, of renovations on the stone. And that's what God does with us. He gathers us and He calls us and He begins to transform us. And the, first, the very first thing He does is that when we connect with Him, He imprints life into us. He makes us alive. When we connect with Jesus, we come alive in Him because He is the living stone. So what was once a lost hard heart can now come alive because we connected with Jesus. And not only does that in verses 9, this is how God works with the stones. All right, you ready to see what He does? This is how He transformed the stones. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, once... Uh, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So what does God do for the stones? He calls you out of darkness and he calls you into light. He calls you from a place of not having any direction, a place of not knowing where you're going, and he brings you into the kingdom of light. He brings you out of the kingdom of darkness and he places you on the kingdom of light. So you become a child of a new kingdom. You become the child of your father in heaven. So the things over here that once dictated your life, that the darkness and that, that sin and all that mess that began to, to try and steal, kill and destroy your family, your job, your everything. He says, I am taking you out of that kingdom and I'm placing you into the kingdom of light. There you can see who you are. There you can see who you need to be. There you can become everything that God has created you to be. So God works with the stones by bringing you out of one place, placing you in another place. What else does he say? Brings out of darkness into light. He also says you were, you were once not a people, but now you are a people. So you once weren't a people. You didn't have a belonging. You didn't have a place. You didn't have a family. You didn't have a space. You were once not a people, but God makes you a people. And he says, you know, you're not just any people, but he calls you his people. You become the people of God. You don't just become any group of citizen, but God says, now you're mine. Come on, church, is that good right now? That God takes these stones that were just lying on a field, that were just broken and that were just couldn't do anything. And he gathers them. He gathers you. He gathers me. And he begins to transform. And he gets the mess off our life. He gets us out of the bondage of, to sin. He gets us out of that place and brings us into light. And then he gives you a sense of belonging. He calls you his people. He calls you his family. So you need to know right now that you belong in the family of God. You're a special part of it. 
You're a special part. So he calls you a people. He says, you had once not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So he takes the stones, he takes you and I, and he removes us from the, the weight and the guilt and the shame and the condemnation and everything that has held us back. And you become a person that has now received mercy. So church, when God gathers his stones and he works on them, he says, okay, you don't have to be stressed in the dark darkness of sin anymore. You don't have to be lost in the darkness of, of not knowing God. You can come into the light of God and we can dust you off and we can get ready to fit you in. Is that speaking to somebody today, church? So God transforms you. How fantastic. And he doesn't just leave it there, but wait, there's more. God places the stones together. I think this is so he's got, he's found you, he's called you, he's made you right. And you may not feel like it yet, but it's coming. Don't let your feelings dictate how you live your life. Base your life upon what God has said and let your feelings catch up later. It's fine. Just know that God has made you right. God has called you to be a part of his church. And so he calls us together. What does he say in, in chapter two? He says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. Just a side note, even Jesus was rejected. Not even Jesus was widely loved by everybody. You're not going to be loved by everybody. You don't need people's approval. You don't need to be the, the right person in other people's eyes. If, you, if you've been rejected by people, but you're precious to God, you've got all you need. You've got all you need. You're perfect to Him. So Jesus even went through that. He says, but you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. So God right, and I think it's so fantastic, right there we can immediately see that I can never and you can never say, oh, I wish the church would do this. Oh man, the church should really, the church, and talking from an outside perspective, because Peter says you are actually the church. You're actually the very material that God uses to build the church. So when, when we're trying to, to sit outside and go, I wish this, uh, no, you are the stuff that God's using to build. We become the church. We don't attend church. Literally, you become the, the material that God uses to build, living stones. How fantastic. So he doesn't call us right here. I think it's so important. And, and just stick with me. If you're feeling tired, don't worry. Coffee's right around the corner. Nibbles are right there. But this is important. I think God wants you to hear it. He takes the individual stones. He transforms them. He calls them. He dusts them off. And that's what he does with your life. And then he places them together. He places them together. He, 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 had, he brought us out of isolation and he brings us into community. I just need some volunteers. Can I have three people? Brandon, can you come? Come, 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 come. And two other people, just come. Come quickly. Joe, thank you. My dad, thank you. Barbara, can you come? Come, come. So now we're in the workshop of heaven. And God has, has got his great stones. He's got his, his wonderful stones. And he's, and he's, he's called them together. And he call, he's called you. And, and he's found you. And sorry to embarrass, I'm, I'm embarrassing people today. And, he, and, he's, he got, and he's sought you out and he's, he's found you and connected you with him and he's worked with you. And, he's, he's, and that whole thing of God transforming the stones isn't like a one and done. 
Do you know? We are in a process of God always transforming our hearts. So you're not at a place where you become, I am the perfect living stone. No, there's only one living stone, perfect one, right? That's the cornerstone. We are like living stones that God's transforming. And so he's got his hand on your life and he's transforming and transforming and working. And all the meanwhile he's doing that, he's found Barbara. And back when she was just a young girl, calling her, calling her, calling her, touching her life, putting people in her life that would lead her to relationship with Jesus. And he finds her and he works with her through the hard times and the pain. He's with her. And the same with my dad. He found you. And through the ups and the downs, God finds you and he works on you. And, he, and this is a man right here. He knows how to work on things and he, and, and, and he transforms the stones. And we could get everybody up here. And God does the same for you. He finds you, calls you out, makes you a bit uncomfortable and, and, and works on you. And then he brings you together. He says, come here. Come. Come, come, come. Yeah, stand here. And just link arms for me. And you two link arms. And I'll link arms as well. Because when God calls us to be his new spiritual house, when he calls us to be the new temple, the new church. He doesn't call you in isolation. He finds you and he connects you. We are called together in unity to become a, t a place of worship, to become the church. God takes people from a variety of places, backgrounds, um, histories, ups and downs, and he connects us. We need each other. So when you come and you come to church and you see one another and you have conversations that spark things in other people. And that is being the church. You're linking with one another. We're not created to do life alone. God wants you to find and connect. And you know what the cool thing about unity is? A, we've got to protect it. We've got to protect this. We've got to protect being together. Because the devil would want to separate. He would want to go, oh, Barbara looked at me the wrong way. I'm going to stand here. Do you know? And that she probably just had something in her eye. And, and all we need to do is just say, hey, Barbara, I noticed this. Uh, but what it is is a spirit of love that needs to keep us together. And we all protect that. We all look after it. It's not up to me or Pastor Rod or Pastor Wendy to do that for you. We are the body. You and I, and we're joined together. So you have to protect it. But the cool thing is, is that strength comes from togetherness. So not only are you stronger together, but we as a whole church become strong. Because this is what I see for church. I see a multi-generational church. I see young kids. I see older people. And I see a wide variety of people filling this place because young men need older men. Young ladies need examples. We, we, we all grow together. The, the, the heart of God is to bring people from a variety of places and use you to perfectly. Listen, God isn't some slapstick, put together, find on gum tree builder of a church. He knows what he's doing. And he's found you to build his church. Come on, church. Why don't we give them a hand, everybody? Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful church. And now, you know, we're still together even though they're not holding hands or, you know. So God is so fantastically placing us together, placing us a part of his, his building. And, and let me tell you, you're a vital piece of the puzzle. God could have found somebody else. 
but he's called you. And God's doing that for every person. He's calling every single person into relationship. But he was very specific when he called you. Very specific. Because he's designed you with a set of, of, of life and, and background. He knows that, that you are the perfect piece to the puzzle. God has a place for you, church. And I mean it really practically. God has a place for you in this community, this church. This, you know, we are a part of the larger church, but we form a community, a church, and we're a part of God's church. But, but you have a place here. And this is a part of my heart for this series is for you to find your place, to find your fit. And we're going to find you a place. But just know you have a place. You're important. You're valuable. You're indispensable. Man, if you don't rock up to church, we're missing something. And you know what? Church isn't just Sunday. Like, let's remove that. We, we know that church is every single day because church is you. Church is us in community. Church is getting on the phone and saying, hey, how was your week? Church is getting yourself involved in a connect group and being a part of, being vulnerable with people, letting people know, well, I haven't really had a good week. Church is you and I being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. God takes us from being individual stones, bent, broken, dusty, and He connects us with Him, the living stone, and He connects us with others so that in the name of Jesus, the purpose of the church will come to pass. And I've spent all my time on, on the how and the what, but I want to give you briefly, what is the purpose of the church through here? So He does all of that. He works with the stones to do all of this. He says, so that you would become a spiritual house that you would be a holy priesthood. We become people who mediate. We become people who bridge the presence of God, who bring the presence of God into our world. When God connects us as His church, we become a spiritual house, but we also become a holy priesthood. People who would stand in the gap for others around us. Come on, church, you were created to make God famous. Just by being who you are, just by being a part of church, you get to be a holy priesthood. You become a bridge, a mediator, somebody that would go into the presence of God for those who don't know, and He would go and they would make, make uh, uh, sacrifices and offerings. That's a beautiful picture of what you're called to do in life, is to be somebody that would go, be somebody that would grab others and connect others. Are you still with me today, church? Still with me? Coffee's coming. I swear it. I promise. But we're a holy priesthood and we offer spiritual sacrifices. We get to worship God. Our main purpose of being a community of God people is to be people who love God's presence, who worship Him, who get around Him. And we, that's why I said when we worship, we speak our native language. We, we come alive. And, and I'll just leave the, the, the thing here is that he says that, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out. When we become who God calls us to become as a church, unified, connected, strong, that is a, like a signal, a declaration of who God is. The world needs to know who God is. When we become the church, God is made famous. God is made known. The evangelism just begins to come as God sends His church out. God is not waiting for us to run a series of evangelism meetings but He's waiting for us just to become the church. And that's the plan. That's the heart of God. Is, is that good, church? Come on, why don't, we, why don't we get ready to pray? You give God a praise clap right now. And I think, I think what, we, what, what we should do, why don't we gather in groups of two or three and we're going to pray with one another, two, three or four, 
And I want, I want there to just be a time right now of, of ministry. And I want you to, to pray for each other. And I want you to pray that God would begin to transform us. And God would begin to show us who we are. And why don't you pray for, for, for God to just keep building and, and working on our lives. So why don't we gather together, church. And let's pray for one another. Come on, this is a time where we could put in, in, in our... We can, we can put into effect the message we've just heard. And just begin to pray God's blessing and heart right now.
when you're ready, church, feel free. Um, the service is over, but keep praying if you're, if you're still praying. And have a coffee. See you next week. God bless.